Go ahead and turn your Bibles over to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter number four. Uh, what I want to do this morning is talk to you about uh, uh, I, what I feel is so necessary that has come to the forefront uh, in these last two or three weeks in our society. I have a little story to tell you. Uh, three-year-old Sally was playing in, in the kitchen, and she was happy, and she was having a great time. And while she was playing, her mom was washing the dishes and cleaning up after dinner. And as Sally's mom turned to grab some more dishes, she noticed uh, that uh, under Sally, there was a puddle of water. Mom looked at Sally, and she asked her, and she goes, Sally, did you wet your pants? Sally shook her head and went, no, my shoes did it. (laughs) See, although we might chuckle and giggle at this story, it seems funny. But the reality is that lying is anything but funny. Lying has dire consequences. There was a research uh, that was done recently. It found that most children learn to lie effectively between the ages of two years and four years old. And so this morning, in opening up with this, what I'd like to do is to use uh, the recent events surrounding the uh, actor from the series Empire as the lies that uh, he told about being a victim of racism and as well as a hate crime. And I want to use this as a teaching moment not for any political or other social reasons, but yet for the fact is that we need to understand in our society, in our culture, it seems that lying has become a way of life. It seems like we have accustomed ourselves uh, where lying is, is, is not to be taken uh, as detrimental or as being destructive. It's sad. Lying has far-reaching consequences. Simply because of this situation that took place didn't just impact us here in our country, but around the world. It became common knowledge, and it became a story. And what amazed me was when people were interviewed with regard to what they thought about the lying aspect of it, most, a lot of the people said, so what? Big deal. Get over it. Everybody lies at one time or another. It's no problem. And, and I was thinking about this, and I had been preparing this sermon for a couple of weeks, getting ready to do it. And there were some obstacles that I encountered preparing this sermon uh, concerning the computer that, that, that went crazy on me. And I, I know that this is a topic that is sensitive, should not be, but I know that it impacts most people in the world. And sadly enough, it does even impact people who are in church. Mark Twain said that a lie can travel around the world while truth is still lacing up her boots. There was a 1997 movie that was made called Liar, Liar, played by Jim Carrey. And the movie was about uh, this little boy's, his son's wish that his dad would stop lying just for one day. 
And the movie depicts the difficulty that he had and all the turmoil that this man went through just not to tell a lie for one day. I was thinking of making this a two-part sermon, but I figured no one would show up for part two. (laughs) So I'm squeezing it all into one sermon. Lying has become a mainstay of our culture. Sadly enough, many Christians don't even look on lying as being a dangerous sin that it really is. And so many of us have come to the point that as long as we get half of the truth, uh, we're okay with it. As long as we hear most of the truth, then I guess we're on the right track. I read some statistics that said that we are lied to 10 to 20 to 200 times a day. Think about that. 10 to 200 times a day, someone is telling us a lie. And on an average, uh, we lie between one and two times a day in the same period. One research study found that adults admit to lying an average of 13 times a week. 13 times a week. Spouses lie to one another in the name of keeping the peace. Parents lie to their children. Children lie to their parents. Employers lie to their employees, and employees lie to their employers, and so on and so forth. Politicians lie in order to spin things and gain votes. Advertisers lie to sell products. And now we even know, which has been a long-standing truth, that even actors lie so they can get more money. But the far-reaching consequences that lies have, no matter who is telling them in our society begin to permeate and destroy trust between people, honor between people. And so I want to take a look and see what God's Word has to say about lying. Would you say that word with me, lying? Now let's everybody say it all together. See, because lying is something that we all have to learn to resist. This culture has taken on an attitude that lying is no big deal. But what we need to see is how God feels about it. And I've got a video that prayerfully is is being prepared. And uh, I'd like to show before I read my text this morning. So, folks, if we have that ready, go ahead and get it going. Thank you. Okay. I'm a little confused. I'm reading in Proverbs. And there's this passage in there that says... God hates, even despises or finds detestable one of the, I don't know. He really, 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 really doesn't like lying. And I'm thinking, lying? Really? Lying? I mean, we call it, we call it telling a story. You know, a fib. Or sometimes it's, it's just a little white lie. I mean, really? Lying? I don't know. I mean, after all, if I had told my boss the truth, you know, I said, oh, I'm not feeling well. If I told him I was laying out of work to play golf, I'd have gotten fired. Surely that wasn't, that was just a fib, a story. You know, a little white lie. 
And we all know if I tell Aunt Gertrude that she looks like she's gained 200 pounds and has a mustache, she's gonna deck me. That's not gonna work. Okay, okay, so I lied to my wife. Yes, I did, but you know, that woman would have nagged me all night long. I wouldn't have got a drop of sleep if I had told the truth. But anyway, I'm watching the Andy Griffith show and he said he was telling a little white lie so it wouldn't hurt Aunt B's feelings. That's all I'm doing. I'm saving the world from having their feelings hurt. Really, it's really lying could be my ministry, you could say. And I mean, after all, it's not like I can go to hell for it. Can I? All right. So the truth about lying, as I entitled this sermon, and I know we're all ready for it, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25. Maybe we can get the air conditioners turned on again because it's getting a little warm in here. Ephesians 4.25, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. So what the scripture is saying here is that our lies not only impact our, us personally, but our lies impact those around us. God's perspective on lying. Let's look at that. I, wrote, I put some scriptures up on, on a slide. I'm not going to read them all, but you can just write them down and you can look, look at them later on. Lying was one of the Ten Commandments that God included. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Psalms 101, verse 6 and 7. I'm not going to read it, but you can read that later on. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. You can go ahead and write that down. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practic practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars... They will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is uh, the second death. So this is, these are God's perspectives on what we call lying. And we need to understand the devastation that it wreaks upon lives, marriages, children, families, destinies, uh, when we ignore the, the seriousness of what lying is does. You see, this morning, the bottom line is that truthfulness and honesty are a crucial factor in a Christian's life. Truthfulness and honesty need to be a part of who we are known as and our character. Why? Simply because it's our fallen nature, the flesh, the old man, that gives in so easily to telling lies and deception. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to help you and I every single day. How many can say amen to that? We need the Holy Spirit because why? The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It convicts us. It shows us uh, those things in our life that are not right. And because this flesh, this fallen nature, 
is uh, predominant many times in wanting to tell a lie. We need God's Holy Spirit there to keep our mouths closed. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is that, do people often question you about, are you telling the truth or are you lying? Are you really telling the truth? Do you tell the truth even when it's going to cost you something? When you know if you tell the truth, uh, you might lose something or you, something might not be given to you that you otherwise might have. You see, lying is destructive. And we can fool the public. We can fool friends and people around us. But I tell you what, we can't fool God. We can't fool God because as we know, he is, sees everything, hears everything. He is everywhere. And when we lie, God is right there listening. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him. So now there are seven things that God hates and that are detestable. Number one is a hot Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension amongst brothers. These are the things that God finds detestable, and he hates. Now, if you notice, two out of those seven deal with deception, Two out of those seven things that God hates deal with lies. Why do these things anger God? Why does God hate them? Well, simply, when we lie, when we are involved in deception, what we are doing is allowing Satan to manipulate us and to use us. When we lie and we speak lies, We're taking on his character and his nature instead of the nature and character of the one who says he is the truth, the way, and the life, Jesus Christ. And so when we are lying, we are not like Jesus Christ, not Christ-like, but we are acting more like Satan. Now, I know that might rub some folks the wrong way, but Scripture tells us, the Word of God tells us, Through the word, when we read about Satan, the devil, most of the times he's described as a liar, as a deceiver. And the purpose of his lies, they are to destroy. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. We have the story of the first lie who was told by Satan to Adam and Eve. And this is what it said. Now the serpent was craftier than any of the wild animals the Lord God has made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So what the devil was doing was questioning the word of God. How many know when we question the word of God, it puts us in danger? When we question God's word, we begin to Listen to the lies of the enemy. People question the word of God all the time. Sadly to say, not only in the world, but many times amongst Christian men and women, the word of God is questioned. 
they've decided that, well, you know, maybe it's not authentic, maybe it's out of date, or it just could be a fairy tale story. And they begin to question the truth of God's word. You see, this morning, what we need to understand that God's word is truth. The Bible says, you will know the truth, and truth brings freedom in a person's life. See, we're not called to judge the word of God, but in reverse, God's word is actually what judges us. And we need to understand that, and when we lie, what God's word says uh, is that we are being uh, more satanic-like or demonic-like than being Christ-like. Genesis chapter 3, the devil continues on his deception to Adam and Eve. And in verse 4, he says, you'll not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, because God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What he's saying is, God's not going to judge you. Don't worry about listening to a lie. You will be okay. All he's trying to do is keep good things from you. And sad to say, there are people who fall for that lie every single day. And when we lie this morning, we align ourselves with everything that brings destruction death and deception. The Bible says Satan comes not but to what? Kill, to steal, and to destroy. And that's exactly what lie does. It kills relationships. It destroys trust, uh, and uh, it maims uh, and devastates relationships. Sin leads to death. We can't take it lightly. God's word is truth. How many can say amen to that? Anything less than truth from the word of God is wrong. It's a lie. And God calls it a sin. I know we're not perfect. I know we all have our flaws. I know that there are things that every day God is dealing with us about uh, concerning our character. How many can say amen to that? We know that. But then again, too many times we fall into a an attitude or a mode where it's easier to not tell the truth than it is to tell the truth. And this flesh just goes on in that way. We have to be careful this morning. So let's take a look at how people often lie without even thinking about it. That, you know, it just comes out and it just happens. There are some ways. Number one, slander is a way that people lie. Slander is lying with the intention of doing damage to another's reputation. Would you say that word with me, slander? Slander, slander is devastating. It's demonic. Listen to this Greek word for the word slander. It is diablos, and we all know what that word is. It's a word used for Satan, and it means a accuser, the one who attacks the brothers. You see, that's what lie does. When we slander, we are accusing, we are attacking, and we are defaming, and it's destructive, and it destroys. Now listen, some sins are, as we know, worse 
than others. They cause more damage than others. For instance, if I stole something from you and you found out or somebody found out, I can get that back to you and now you've retrieved your possession. The damage is done. My reputation is damaged. But you have gotten back that item. But if I slander and spread lies about you, chances are I won't be able to recover those lies. Chances are I won't be able to take back the deception. I read a story about a man who slandered his neighbor. He found out later that what he said was not true. He was bothered in his conscience, so he went to the priest and asked for penance. What can I do to repent? The priest said, if you want to make it right, fill up a bag with feathers. Go into that city where that neighbor lives, and on every doorstep, put a feather at the foot of that door. Well, the man did that. He got the bag filled with feathers, and he put a feather in that city in front of every door that that lie spread to. He came back to the priest, and he said, okay, I'm done. I must be forgiven. Everything's okay. The priest looked and said, no, it's not done. He said, what else do I have to do? He said, take that empty bag, go back wherever you dropped the feather, and go back and pick it up. The guy looked at him and said, are you kidding? That's impossible. The wind probably blew those feathers all over the place. And the priest looked at him and said, that's exactly what happens when you slander someone. The chances of getting it back are infinitesimal. Slander. We have to be careful with the words that we speak. Even if we apologize, trust is very difficult to regain. Psalms 101 and verse 5. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. See, we can do many things to people that can be made right, but slander creates a wound that can last a lifetime. Leviticus chapter 19, in verse 16, do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. That's what God says. And, you know, when we tell lies and we slander someone there's a chance that we could put somebody's life in danger. There's a chance that some people might believe that slanderous lie and want to take things into their own hands. This is why the events that, that have taken place in the last couple of weeks for, with that, that person from that, that, that program are so dangerous. The implications that it has. Another way people tell lies without even thinking about it, is tale-bearing. Telling stories. Do we know any good storytellers? This is classified as gossip. Would you say that word with me, gossip? <laughs> kind of hard to say, huh? Gossip. You see, the majority of time, gossip is based on false words, either by being outright a lie or exaggeration of the truth which is still a lie. Exaggerating. You ever, have you ever embellished a story? You have a story and you just add to it to make it more interesting, more believable, because the truth is kind of boring 
That's how tail-bearing works. That's how gossip works. The story gets out there, and by the time it gets down the line, it changes just a little bit, more is added, or some's taken away, and you go around through five or six different people, and the story about the person that was already initially spoken about doesn't even look the same. It's not even the same story. Tailbearing. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. See, it's almost like this guy in the video. Lying? Really? Are you serious? What's the big deal? And that's the culture we live in now. We, we, we expect that, well, there must be a reason why they lied. So I guess it's okay. 1 Timothy 5.13. Besides, he's talking about people who have nothing to do all day. They don't want to get a job. They just slouch. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. Got to be careful. It's good to stay busy. How many can say amen to that? Good to stay busy. Don't get idle because you're going to get stuck into watching the, as the world turns and General Hospital or even Empire and some of these crazy knucklehead things that they're worthless, man. Worthless stuff. They, they just waste your time. And when you have time on your hands and you're doing nothing, ooh, gee, they, they, they remind me of brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. You pick a phone call. Did you see that series? Yeah, didn't that look like them to you? They act like that, right? I have this quote. It says, next time you're enjoying listening to someone gossip, remember this fact. Anyone who will gossip to you will gossip about you. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. Whoever hides hatred has lying hip, lips. Lying hips, no, lying lips. Hips don't lie, I guarantee you that. <laughs> Whoever hides hatred has lying lips. That's going to be videoed all over the place, I guarantee you. <laughs> and whoever spreads slander is a fool. You've got to add humor because this is a tough sermon, I guarantee you, for me to preach and probably even tougher to listen to because I had to put it together and I was squirming, believe me. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. So think about what you're going to say before you say it. Think about the impact that it's going to have before it gets out there. The gossiper, talebearer, the liar are going to be judged for the words. Jesus says we're going to give account for every words that we speak, and that's, that's just downright spooky. When you think about the words that we speak, Ephesians 4, 29, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so your words may give grace to those who hear. So don't allow your ears to become somebody else's personal trash can. Don't give people the signal that says, yeah, I'm willing to listen to the garbage. If you want to drop it off, here I am. Flattery is another way that people lie without even thinking about it. Insincere praise, flattery. I understand there is positive flattery, but then there's that flattery. 
saying somebody, something to somebody that you know is not true, but you're saying it because you want something from them. You want to get something back. Kids do that, mom and dad. Oh, mom and dad, you guys are the best. I love you so much. You know what? Everybody ought to be like you. Can I borrow the car? Can, I, can you loan me some money? Flattery. Dude, man, you're good. Man, dude, you really got it together. Blah, blah, blah. I need a ride. <laughs> Psalms chapter 55, verse 21. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Be careful when somebody's flattering you. Because when somebody starts buttering you up, remember, they're probably planning on having you for lunch. (laughs) How about half-truths? Half-truths. That means not telling the whole story. Have you ever just told a half-truth? Growing up, remember borrowing my dad's car? Dad, can I borrow the car? Yeah, where are you going? Going to the store. Okay, gave me the keys, went to the store. See, I didn't tell him I was going to go visit Sister Nancy, lived two blocks down the road. So when I got back, I went to the store, Dad. Okay, that's good. Half truth. See, we do that because we know if we told the whole truth, kids do that all the time. I got punched in the face when I really come home. Somebody hit me. They did. What's wrong with those people? I'm going to go talk to the principal. Then when you get there, you find out the other half. You find out little Susie or Johnny started the whole war. Ah, there's the other half of the truth. Beware of half truths because you may have gotten the wrong half. Be careful. How about excuses is another way people tell lies. Excuses. Many times, and I understand there are excuses that are valid, but many times excuses are just lies dressed up to disguise our guilt or our failure. You see, we're going to live the way God designed us to live. God wants us to live. He wants us to live truthfully. He wants us to live more like his son, that's why he came to her to set an example. And so truthfulness builds up confidence. Don't you love it when you can trust someone that, that, that you're having a conversation with? Don't you love it when you can trust that person, when you can have confidence in what they're saying, when you can respect them because uh, they're always, you found telling you the right truth? It's damaging when you expect to hear truth from someone that you already know the truth and they come out with a lie or they come out with an excuse that you know is not the reason why something took place. Bottom line is we need to be truthful about our shortcomings that when we're confronted about it, instead of making an excuse, just say, yes, you know what? I messed up. I was wrong. You know, I'll I'll deal with the consequences of it. See, the world we live in has gone by the wayside where no matter, you know, what takes place, the the, the most devastating uh, 
just um, sin or, or murder that can take place, someone will always come up with an excuse as to why it's no big deal, as to why I had to do it, rather than saying, I'm the man that did the deed, like David when he was confronted with, by Nathan the prophet, right? He said, I'm the man. No excuse. I'm the one that killed Uriah, had him put to death. Taking personal responsibility for what we've done eliminates so much lying. If we just told the truth, you wouldn't have to remember the lie you told to cover up the other lie to cover the lie before you told that one. It would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Life would be so much easier. So how do we overcome lying? Because I'm not going to leave you with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help you get out of, out of that in case you struggle with that, in case there's something that you feel that it just happens automatically. Number one, love the truth. Love the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is standing before Pilate. Pilate's asking, what's the truth about what people are saying? The truth is standing right in front of him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, when you love the truth, you love Jesus more than you love to lie. When you love the truth, you love Jesus. And when you love Jesus, you love, you love him more so than what you're going to get from the lie or what you're going to be protected from if you just told the truth. So learn to tr love the truth. It'll bless your business. It'll bless your marriage. It'll bless your, in school. It'll bless your friendships. And then focus on the truth. Don't just love the truth, but focus on the truth. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul tells this church, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Focus on these things. Focus on the truth. Saturate your mind with the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. That's why the enemy fights you so hard when it comes to studying your Word and your Bible because there's truth there. It'll help you to focus uh, on the good things, uh, on, the, on, on, on the blessings of God, on what God is trying to do in your life, rather than thinking about, well, how am I going to get out of this one? How am I going to get out of that one? Spend time with, or live the truth is the next one. Live the truth. Don't only focus the truth. Don't only love the truth, but live it. Be accountable to others. That's how you live the truth. When someone corrects you, are you telling a story? Are you, are you embellishing again? Are, are you gossiping again? Confess to it. Be accountable to them and say, yes, you know what? I'm sorry. I need to repent from this. Be accountable. Spend time with truthful people. Stop hanging around with people who are lying. If they're always lying, don't be around them. Why? Because it's going to rub off on you. It is. Cut them loose. Now, if your husband's a liar, don't cut him loose or your wife. Don't. I'm not saying that. Pray for them. <laughs> Say, look, we need to talk. You know, there, there's some things that, that, that just are not right here. And then work through it. But the other ones that you're not married to, they watch you. You're out of here. Because I want, I want to be clean. You know, I don't want to be defiled. 
Psalms 26, 4. I don't sit with deceitful men, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I abhor or I hate the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. Refuse to, to fellowship and sit with people who you know are lying and lying and lying, deceiving, storytelling. Just say, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't want to be a part of it because there's damage that's being done. And then think lastly before you speak. No, not lastly, one more after this. Think before you speak. What you're going to say, James 1, 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. How many know when you're angry, you say things you don't really want to say and even say things you shouldn't be saying in slander and even lie? And besides that, this is what they did. And on top of that, they did this. Now you got them robbing the bank. And all they did was they took your candy or something. You see, be slow. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. And then remember what God says about lying. Remember the consequences about lying. What he says and what, is, what the consequences are. And then repent. I'll close with this scripture as the band comes this morning. Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 16. Listen to what the prophet says. These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Do not plot evil against each other and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this declares the Lord. You see, the world is a cruel place. At every turn, at every corner, there's going to be people who are going to lie. Deception. For you and I as men and women of God, as Christians, it should not even be named among us. Those types of character references, deception, lying, slander, tail-bearing, gossip. I wanted to use the events of the last few days and weeks to bring us to a place where we seriously consider things that we haven't thought about for some time that have maybe become normal. And the consequences that We'll have to pay if we don't correct them. So I'd like for us to bow our heads for a few moments and close our eyes if we could in reverence to God.